Amanda Wagner Podcast is the place to eavesdrop and participate in conversations about making choices about how you spend your time, who you surround yourself with, and figuring out what you want to be known for. This is a place to talk about the challenges of bravery, living thoughtfully and strategically, and finding your way to be known for something. Your hosts are ambitious, thoughtful women who know they want to be known for something and decided to stop waiting for things to be just so. In today's episode, we unveil the Amanda Wagner podcast and introduce the women behind it. We discuss what it means to be brave and share a phrase that helps eliminate some fear and encourage action. And we kick off a recurring segment where we hear from our listeners and answer the question, what would Amanda Wagner do? Let's get started. (laughs) Hi, Liz. Hi. I will introduce myself and we will hear from Liz many times. She's a very important part of this process and podcast. I am Amanda Wagner and I am an unapologetic, ambitious person. I know that I want to be known for something. The challenge is that I'm a multi-potentialite and we'll definitely do a deep dive into what that means. But the Coles Notes version is that I have a variety of skills and interests and I never want to feel tied down or stuck with one thing. For example, I'm on my sixth career and I'm in my early 30s. So from teaching to grad school and research to sales and startup land and eventually to running one and now two businesses, I've decided that what I want to be known for is being the person who doesn't want to be known for one thing. Liz, tell us about your wonderful self. It's so strange to hear you call me Liz because I'm I'm usually LP. So uh, yeah, I'm Liz, Liz Pittman or LP as you'll probably hear me referred to often on this podcast. I am several things as well. So I'm a digital media specialist, a passionate communicator. I am a friend of Amanda's and I'm behind the scenes for Amanda Wagner Inc., I've had several chapters in my life as well. I've been a radio and TV broadcaster, a full-time social media specialist in higher education, and now I'm taking on another adventure with people like my wonderful friend Amanda, or AW. I'm trying to figure out what I want to be known for. I'm getting there. It's a process. Um, I'm taking on this new adventure, working with people from all over. I'm living in a new community. I'm living in a new part of the country. Things have been happening, and I'm excited to see what's next um, and uncover some of that along with our listeners in the Amanda Wagner podcast. Thanks, LP. I absolutely refer to Liz as LP. And you are AW. I am AW. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's talk about you, our fabulous listener. So if you've ever felt pressure to find a niche or struggle to settle and put into concise words your one thing... Welcome. You are not alone. If you've ever felt pressure to be defined by a job title or industry, or you're waiting for good things to come your way for you to get your turn, this is the podcast for you. We hear you. Today, we're going to dig into a really simple and incredibly impactful statement that helps us take initiative and use the worst case scenario thinking to empower us in the decisions we make. I have been using this language to help me when I'm faced with a challenge or when I know what I want, but I'm not exactly sure how to get it. And that language is don't ask, don't get. 
Similar to how I abbreviate LP, we also refer to this as DADG thinking. I have been thinking about the ways that I live a DADG or don't ask, don't get life. Don't ask, don't get comes into place when you're thinking about a situation where you don't necessarily know what to do or you're not sure where to get to where you want to be. And oftentimes, we have to remember the resources, the people and the information that we have around us and the power that can come from asking for what you want. So I talk about worst case scenario because some people think that considering the worst case is looking at the glass half empty or a really pessimistic way to view a situation. But I find it quite empowering. So the worst case is often something that we make up and often the worst case scenario involves someone telling us no or simply rejecting an idea or request. So when I say, don't ask, don't get, and I ask someone, what's the worst case scenario if you were to ask for what you want? The answer is often, they say no. In which case, you are in exactly the same place that you started. So in the last five years, I've been using don't ask, don't get to help me find my way. And I find myself asking for way more And I'm delighted to say that I've also been getting way more than I ever have before. D-A-D-G, super important way of reframing your thoughts and, and taking on a new perspective in life and really owning your direction. How has this worked for you in the past? And what does deep down this really mean for our listeners? This worst case scenario thinking really helps me just get to the root of what I want. The first time that I think I used the phrase don't ask, don't get was years ago when I worked at a startup company and I asked for a raise. And I remember pep talking myself saying, the worst case scenario is that I don't get a raise Mm -hmm. and made a point of asking for it. Now, I came with data. I came with an explanation. Perhaps the funny part of this is that I didn't get the raise. Worst case scenario... I didn't have the raise before I asked. I didn't have it after I asked, but I knew that my supervisor knew that was what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And then you didn't get the raise, but you learned something from that that you probably applied to the next time you D-A-D-G'd. Absolutely. This tiny piece of language is a way of life for me now. Mm -hmm. I think about it all the time. And the way it has impacted other people is that when people ask for advice or feedback, I absolutely love to give it. And don't ask, don't get is a piece of feedback that I give quite often. I say, if you could ask anybody, what would you want from them? Mm -hmm. If you could ask for something, what is it that you want? And then really tap into what is the fear that's holding us back? I can confirm um, for our listeners out there that she does say that (laughs) often. Uh, If I'm facing something, trying to figure out what my next move is, Often I will go to AW for advice and I get DADG'd. Yes. I, I have to imagine that sometimes it's accompanied with an eye roll of like, you know what Amanda's <laughs> going to say. I know the answer before I ask it. But, but there's something yeah. about having somebody else remind you and yeah. say it to you. And again, if you end up in exactly the same place that you started, it's really not that bad. No. So Liz, I've been encouraging you to live a DADG life. This is actually a a print that we have that's up in both of our offices. And I think it might even be my next tattoo. That's a good one. I think so. You want to get it? 
Let me think about it. Okay. <laughs> I have to think placement and design. Oh, and of course. Like there of are, course. There are steps here. Um, but it is a huge part of our lives. Yes. For sure. How have you been DADGing your life? I think, I, I mean, I was doing a little bit of this before you and I became friends and colleagues. But in the last little while that we have really been working together, I've really tried to take this on wholeheartedly. And it's totally changed what I'm doing with my life. You know, I used to work a full-time job for somebody else. And now I work for myself. And that's not something I ever would have thought about without don't ask, don't getting, which is not proper grammar, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I've opened up opportunities for myself or, or thought about projects that I could work on or people that I could work with or connections that I could make. Mm-hmm. And I've sent that email that I would have never sent before or I've asked for that introduction to a person that I would have been way too scared mm-hmm. to ask for because, you know, A, I didn't want to feel like a fool, B, I thought I didn't belong in those circles or I wasn't experienced enough to work on those projects. But taking on the don't ask, don't get philosophy has really helped me get ahead and realize my worth and my value and has put me in a position where I'm just continuing to ask that question all of the time. Mm -hmm. Nothing pleases me like getting an email or a screenshot or a text from you when you're like, oh my God, I D-A-D-G'd it. (laughs) And she responded to my email. Or at one point, this person who I thought would be a dream client, I just asked them. And they came back and said, we would love to work with you. Let's figure it out. Mm -hmm. So it's really not magical, but it really works. Oh, yeah. That's what I say. Like simple phrase, high impact, which Mm -hmm. is is what I'm all about. And I love that you called it a philosophy and said that it's changed your life. I might want that in writing. Tattoo? Oh! I'm just kidding. Yes, writing on your body. And what I like about Don't Ask, Don't Get is that it can be used professionally. Of course, we talk a lot about asking for clients, asking for reviews, but it can also be used personally. Oh, yeah. I actually met my partner this way. Mm -hmm. I love this story. (laughs) It's my favorite, and I wish he was here to tell it with us because we've told it enough times that it's quite cute. Mm -hmm. We've, We've worked it out, but... I was sitting in a a restaurant with two friends of mine trying to figure out how to tactfully, kindly, empathetically tell a person I was going on dates with that I didn't want to go on dates with them anymore. And I said, there are two men that I can see right now that I'm significantly more attracted to than the man I'm going on dates with. And figured out how to do that. And as I was leaving the restaurant, I walked up. He was with his friend. I put my hand on his shoulder and I said, excuse me, I just wanted to let you know that I think you're very handsome and I hope there's someone at home who's very happy to have you. So I actually built in the worst case scenario into the statement. Mm -hmm. I said, worst case, he has somebody at home. He's married or taken. He might not be interested in women. He might not be looking for anybody. So I built it in and thought, worst case, he goes home to someone and says, look, honey, I still got it. Best case scenario is that he turns around and says, actually, there's no one at home. Maybe it could be you, which is what happened. It is also the smoothest thing that Robin has ever said. (laughs) 
which I, I love. What a great time to pull out the smoothest thing. Mm-hmm. And six years later, I'm married to this person. So I really want to believe that that's kind of the inception of don't ask, don't get. And it's truly the way I have lived my life. The difference is that now I have language for it. Liz, do you see caveats that come up with don't ask, don't get? Because I know I have a few, but if you were to give this advice, what would you want to make sure somebody does with the advice or, or takes with it? I really think that while incorporating don't ask, don't get into your life and the decisions you're making and the strategies that you put in place for your professional and personal life is wonderful, you want to act carefully. Yes. Thank you for saying (laughs) that. (laughs) So acting with grace, but really considering the consequences of your actions. So don't ask, don't get is a wonderful tool to get what you want and, you know, further yourself, but really thinking about what's going to come from that answer. So whether it's a yes or a no or whatever the answer may be, really considering what that whole picture looks like and acting Mm -hmm. carefully and acting with grace and, you know, being responsible. You don't want to just throw everything out there and risk it all, um, balls to the wall sort of behavior, Mm -hmm. act responsibly um, and think about what could happen when you ask these questions. Certainly. And some examples I mentioned, you know, asking for a raise. Absolutely ask for the raise, but support it with a thoughtful plan and data around why you have worked for it or what this raise would mean for your job duties and how you would be taking initiative. Absolutely ask to meet somebody to talk about ideas, but ensure that you're respecting your time and the time of the person that you're meeting. There was one opportunity where somebody came to me and said, I use don't ask, don't get. I emailed this person and I asked them to have coffee with me. And I just put my head down and thought, use don't ask, don't get responsibly. Mm -hmm. Because again, it's about how do you contribute value to somebody else's life? So absolutely ask for the coffee. But what are you willing to do in exchange for it? If this person is giving you your time, it doesn't mean you have to compensate them with money, but it does mean that you have to consider what are they getting out of the deal? Mm -hmm. You just don't want to be like a freeloader for their time because you're don't asking and don't getting. You want to really, that's really hard to say. It is. (laughs) Yeah. I like the acronym better. It's good. Um, You know, you just, you need to, yeah, be very mindful of who's on the other end of the equation and it's mutually beneficial. Exactly. Don't ask, don't get should be win-win. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the perfect segue into what is going to be a recurring segment on the Amanda Wagner podcast. What would Amanda Wagner do? So we're taking the principle of don't ask, don't get, which, you know, Amanda lives her life by and I have incorporated into mine a lot as well. And amongst her friends, family, and colleagues, AW is often asked, what would you do? So we're going to be gathering questions from listeners via Instagram and emails for each episode and tackle the question, what would Amanda Wagner do? So the question this week comes from Alicia, who says, I've applied for a few jobs and have had interviews, but I'm never sure how to follow up. Who do I send a thank you and follow up to? How long do I wait before I do it? So what would Amanda Wagner do? Naturally, my response is don't ask, don't get. (laughs) So I advocate for asking for an update and following up on an interview. 
When you are asking for something, so in the case of following up on a job interview or asking when you'll hear the results or get feedback, consider the person on the other end of that email or on the other end of the phone or that conversation. What is in it for them? So for example, you will of course thank this person for their time and attention. You will thank them for considering you. But think of this follow-up as an opportunity to demonstrate something they might not have seen from you before or to provide some value. So for example, if this is an email, it's an opportunity to demonstrate your attention to detail or show them an example of your writing style, demonstrate your timeliness with follow-up and, and make a point of making sure that your grammar and punctuation is all correct or that you know how to use a semicolon correctly. There are little cues that can provide value to this person that really is doing you a favor, but you can do something for them in return. So I hope that answers your question in a broad sense. I think that following up sooner rather than later is always better so that you're top of mind, but always think of that value piece. What are you doing for this person in return? Wonderful answer, great advice for our first WWAWD. segment. Uh, Thank you so much for your question, Alicia. I hope that what Amanda Wagner would do helps you with your follow-ups and good luck on the job search. Uh, Make sure to send in your questions to us. You can reach us on Instagram and through theamandawagner.com. So that's it for our first episode. Please find us on Instagram at theamandawagner and we invite you to share with us What is one way that you're going to implement don't ask, don't get into your life? And bonus points if you follow up with us and tell us how it went. What's most important with don't ask, don't get is that it's not always about the getting. The getting is great. The English is terrible. The getting is great. (laughs) But where the real impact comes is that as we practice don't ask, don't get, we get better at asking. We are more confident being assertive in asking for what we need and want. And when we do get, the getting is good. And the asking is less scary. Oh, every time. The more you do it, the less terrifying it all is. Who doesn't want to live a less terrifying life? Me. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So find us on Instagram. Let us know how you're going to don't ask, don't get. And visit us at theamandawagner.com and sign up for our newsletter. Thank you for joining us for today's episode. And because we live by Don't Ask, Don't Get, we're asking you to please follow along with us on social media at The Amanda Wagner. Share this episode with a friend. And if you love the podcast, please leave us a review. We will be back with a brand new episode in two weeks. And until then, we'll see you on the internet.